0: hello welcome to another episode of more better i'm your host chris and today is a great day and this episode is gonna be amazing i've been thinking a little bit more um about this conversation with race and with the church and continuing on some of the stuff that i said from the previous episodes which I talked about systemic racism and uh, language and how we have conversations on social media and what that might look like in today's world and how complicated language is and how packed it um, tends to be in some of these conversations. And so I've been—I I've still been thinking about that. Um, but this episode, I wanted to dive a little bit in how the complications of having conversations about race and um, historic racism in America is kind of similar to how we have conversations about theology in the church. And so, yeah, I'll hit on some of that and just take it from there. So how discipleship and race conversations fall into a similar trap. Um, When I... When I first really started going to church I was in college, um started getting interested in who God was, uh, what he was, <laughs> uh, if he cared for me, if he was there, if he was real, um, what God was real. I started going to church because of friends that I made from camp. And, you know, at this point, I considered myself a, cr- a Christian. I still do. And I started going to this church, but I never, I had gone to church before when I was little um, and some here and there but I really didn't know much outside of Jesus died on the cross to forgive me of my sins because I did bad things, so it made me sinful, and Jesus died to forgive me of those sins. That's kind of what I remember knowing at that point in my life. So going to church, uh, I just became super interested in reading the Bible, so I'd read all the time, every day. Um, I joined a Christian fraternity, I joined multiple Christian organizations, did multiple Bible studies. And then at church, I was doing Bible studies, um, joined Bible studies, uh, small groups, uh, you know, going every week on Sunday, doing teachings. Um, What else did I do? Oh, it took classes. And so in these classes, they would teach us theology. And I went to this church for three years, I think. And so the teaching, they're teaching us stuff. And the church was a non-denominational church. And so all my all the stuff that I had in my background, it was I was pretty open to everything. Like I, I didn't have any concerns with theology. I didn't even know what theology was until I started taking these classes. And so they started teaching us stuff. And then a few things happened. Um, my friend had this crazy encounter with God one day. I started learning about the Holy Spirit. I met these charismatics and i started to learn about identity in christ and this other side of this theology spectrum that i didn't even know existed and part of this theology that i was learning about was about the kingdom of god and so how not that we're just sinners but that we are saints um we are forgiven completely forgiven and that we are in the kingdom now we're here to live in a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit and to spread his kingdom because he has come to give us life and life abundantly. And in the church that I, was, that I was going to, talked about sin all the time. And one of their main focus points was that I'm a sinner and I need to do all that I can to get rid of this sin. And so this there's this camp and now there's this new camp that has opened my eyes to a different side of theology. And so I became really bitter at this church because the stuff that they taught me, though some of it was true, a lot of it was steeped uh, in this theological frame mindset, theological framework. Uh, philosoph- it was ph- philosophical framework, actually, technically, <laughs> um, called Calvinism. And a lot of people know what Calvinism is. If you've been in church and studied uh, theology, you'll know what it is. But I didn't. And they, I don't remember them coming out and teaching us exactly what it was. I just remember believing it as truth because that's what they're teaching us. And whether they, you know, communicated that or not, I don't remember. But I remember that I I believed it was true and I believed that it was right. Not that I didn't have any questions about it, um, but that's, I was like, this is what the The whole church believes in this theology, and so it's my job to come to come to terms with it. But when someone introduced me to a different side of theology, uh, it didn't exactly line up. It didn't fit in the boxes that they had told me it should fit in. It didn't. The character and the uh, perspective of God that they had taught me in this church was not the character. And perspective of God that these people knew, and so I became bitter because I felt like they had lied to me, and I could talk a really, really long time about uh, that experience and how I came out of it and how God, you know, gave me uh, vision and perspective on that church and how amazing it is. And not that I don't have problems with some of the theology, or that I completely believe with this other side, or completely be with everyone. Like, there's so much theology out there. Um, it's hard to say that you agree with any Christian completely because you don't know what their theology is. You don't know what exactly they believe unless you sit down and you have those conversations with them. And so this uh, this perspective actually is, has given me, or this experience, I guess, has given me perspective on how how someone can teach and be open to different uh, different theological beliefs um, to people. So if you pastor a church or if you just teach middle school kids, like I do some, or if you just uh, share with your wife, whatever it is, there's this thing where in Christianity where we hold on to certain uh, specific doctrines, which is like, the Trinity, and Jesus died for us and freed us from our sin, and we spend, we get eternal life through Jesus. Uh, what else is there? <laughs> those are like the, the big three things. And every Christian holds those three things together. You know, that's why we have separate sects uh, like Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, is that they don't believe in those core beliefs. So what's my point here? My point is that when we're teaching, we all have these core beliefs of Christianity. And so we can teach them as complete truth because that's what we believe. Now, when you dive into these other things, like, say, for for instance, with Calvinism, they believe in total depravity. So, you know, Adam's sin and the whole world became sinful because of one man's sin. And so there are churches out there that uh, preach that as complete truth, right? But that's actually uh, debated a lot because in in another sense, we have the side that, you know, God made man and that we all have a choice whether to sin or to not to sin. It's still in our power to sin or not to sin. And so I'm not going to go into those arguments but the point is that there's this side that's like, this is how it is. And this side is saying that's not completely true, even though there's some truth in it. Um, but there's also this other option that is that we believe is true. And so we have these two, two sides that are saying these are true, but does it really matter who is exactly right about this topic? We can agree we can come into the middle on those points that say like sin is real and sin corrupts and we need a savior how that exactly happens i think we can leave it up in the air it doesn't it doesn't specifically matter to the point of the core doctrine that the church believes in and so <laughs> i'm going way around the bushes on this one because i think it sets up perfectly for some of our conversations about race Um, yeah, so in the race conversations, like I said, in my previous ones, we talk about systemic racism, and that's a term that's super loaded, super packed. Let me get a drink real quick. Cool. So systemic racism is a packed word, and I've watched a handful of church people um, speaking on it. And I've followed people on Twitter, uh, people from different sides, wrote articles from different sides, church people, non-church people. And I see a trend in the Christian world that is that is preaching systemic racism as complete truth. And the reason I don't like that is because it's packed. It's a packed word. It's a loaded word. And a lot of times when someone's... Uh, sharing with the audience, either one, people have not necessarily heard of that word or necess- or don't know what it means, um, or they already have preconceptions of what it, what it does mean. Um, but rarely I've seen people actually define what they mean by that word. And if they do define it, it's really like, it's really like, oh, racism in our nation has been you know, stamped into our nation and our whole society functions um, in this racist view. And that is not completely true. There is truth in it, but it's not completely true because this, a lot of this stuff is highly debated. And there's a lot of things that people do agree on with the state of America in regards to race. But there's a lot of stuff that people don't agree on. Like, uh, for instance, why do we have a wealth gap? So a lot of the talk around uh, reparations right now and supposedly this conversation around reparations has gone on for a really long time. Uh, I was listening to, what's his name, Glenn Lowry and uh, John McHorder John yesterday talk about reparations. And they're saying how in the early 2000s, maybe, there, there was a lot of talk about reparations, uh, but it didn't go anywhere. And now it's coming back around with Tahashi... T- t- Uh, Coates' article, I think in 2008 maybe, um, and then back now, and it just keeps coming back up. Anyways, it's a conversation that's been going on, but the reparations uh, discussion is about filling it. Now, as far as McHorter can tell and Lowry, it's about filling in the wealth gap that has been caused by slavery and Jim Crow. And so the discussion there is why do we have a wealth gap is it specifically is it 100 percent because of slavery and jim crow is it partially because of it is it um minorly part of it like why why do we have the wealth gap and there's i've read a few studies and a lot of articles on the wealth gap <laughs> and you can you can talk a lot about a lot of things with the wealth gap just as you can with what is systemic racism and that goes from you know culture and from you know, drugs and violence and uh, abortion and poverty and uh, incarceration and prison and schools, education, prison of pipeline, redlining. Um, you can talk about a lot of things, and so, so what? What do we do when something's so packed? And what do we do when something is taught as? Uh, as truth when there's actually a lot more to discuss around things like the wealth gap uh, and things like, what was I talking about? Oh, the systemic racism Oh, uh, being taught as truth in the church. There we go. <laughs> so, so if you if you believe in, you know, the simple definition of systemic racism, cool. But there's a lot of stuff that's packed on top of it, right? And so when people, especially in the church are saying, uh, this is systemic racism and this is how we fight it, or like they just use it casually in a sentence, like our world is, um, you know, we have systemic racism and this is a lot of things that we can do to fight that. And so that's, that's how i've seen a lot of time preach from from the stage and i wanted to uh show this quote that i saw the other day okay this is from someone on twitter and she said if you could recommend one book to someone on systemic racism who was completely new to the idea and still believed that racism, racism was only a matter of individual sin what book would you recommend And I retweeted saying, this question is loaded based on the presupposition that systemic racism is complete truth. It's not. You must define what you mean by using that phrase. And so this lady was presenting the idea, like, if you're presenting to a group of people and you say systemic racism, or they've never heard of systemic racism, what would you suggest for them to learn about it? And... This is under the presupposition that it's it's true that uh, systemic racism is true. And once again, it's not that the symbol definition isn't true, which, which we can discuss, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but everything that comes behind that, like what does that mean from a historical perspective? What does it mean for us currently? Uh, does systemic racism explain everything that is going on in our world does systemic racism mean that we need to vote for everyone who is labeled a democrat uh there's a lot of things that are packed into the systemic racism conversation that is not specifically like this is the definition of it but this is that this is of what it means if you want to hear more about that check out my other video uh I think I've whatever beat a horse. What's what's the phrase something like <laughs> you beat a horse uh, anyways, I don't know what it is. Ignore what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but the point is that there's a lot to discuss in this one in this one phrase just as there's a lot to discuss in something like uh like Calvinism or some theology theological topic like original sin total depravity uh or like the trinity or uh i don't know what else there's a lot of things and so when when we're preaching these loaded topics as truth you can often set someone up as fail, some set someone up to fail because they're believing what you're saying if they are believing what you're saying right so they trust you they believe what you're saying they put your trust in you and now they're you're uh They are teaching you something, and so you're believing them. But when they come across a different viewpoint, a different perspective, oftentimes that manifests in uh being bitter and being resentful because that's what I experienced when someone told me something was true, but now it's totally in the question how true is it, and is it necessary for me to agree with what you believe is true and that's the thing with like the total depravity thing is that. I don't necessarily have to completely agree with that to be a Christian as I don't have to necessarily agree with your, your preaching and your perspective on systemic racism and implications of that to, to be a human, to be an American And the church that I've seen a lot, um, is saying, well, first off preaches, preaches theology like it's truth most of the time or preaches certain theology like it's truth most of the time. And now, the church is preaching systemic racism as truth in general. That's what I've seen. Another example that I wanted to share was a huge church um, pastor. I think he's in New York. Was a had a guest black uh, pastor on, so white pastor, black pastor, black pastor speaking, or they're having a conversation and. The white pastors looked at him through the video, and it's like pastor how how can you uh for the people that are on the edge of their seat that haven't completely accepted this systemic racism to believe in systemic racism, how can we push them over uh to actually see this truth now it wasn't worded exactly like that, but it's pretty damn close. And I have a problem with that because you're preaching it as uh, it's complete truth, like it's gospel truth, and you want people to come awake to this to this truth that you say, and so you're treating people that don't specifically believe in it or believe in the narrative of it as people who basically aren't Christians, and that might be at leap for myself, <laughs> but that's the way that it comes off it's like if you don't believe in this then you have a problem like you need to be awakened to the truth of the world and you need to see how black people are impacted in this country and that's wrong I think for people to do like how can you how can you preach something that is highly a highly debated thing and so So one one pushback on this that I'll push back on myself is, like, you can't actually preach or teach without conviction. Like, how can you teach someone about Jesus if that is a highly debated topic in and of itself, right? That's a good question. It's like, this is what I believe about Jesus. This is theology that I believe, and I'm not going to be unbiased when I preach about Jesus because because of that's that's the way that I see him that's the way that I believe in him uh, this is it's gonna be backed up by scripture but there's gonna be other people that disagree with what I preach and what I teach and what I believe to be the gospel right even if we agree on those core core beliefs and so I think it easy well let me just recognize that I totally get that. And these people talking about systemic racism as, as truth, I get it like you believe it's completely true. okay, cool. but how do we how do we take responsibility of what we're teaching and what we're preaching to people where we're not teaching them what to believe or what to think, but we're actually teaching them how to think and giving them choice and empowering them to take their own faith in their own life and their own uh, perspective into their own hands like a lot of a lot of the problems that i believe that we have today is because the church is is not empowered like we we have a bunch of people that just listen to what the pastor says believes it and then go home then go goes home for the week and that's about it uh i I can't remember what percentage it is but a ton of people i don't think it's a but maybe 40%, 50% doesn't actually read the Bible. Check out that stat, I'm not sure. All I know is that there's a lot of people that don't read the Bible, and what they know about the Bible is from their pastor. And I th- believe that produces unempowered people. You only really become empowered when, you're, when you have choices and when you have to make decisions and when you have to decide what you believe and what you don't believe in, what you're gonna hold firm and what you're not gonna hold firm. And so with this topic, it's like, I will preach or I will teach something with conviction if I believe it. But if I know a topic is super controversial, if I know a topic is, um, let's say it can be debated, right? So let's just get an example, like in time theology, like there's a myriad of, of opinions out there on in time theology. So how do we preach that? So there are things that a lot of people agree on or like one of the core beliefs is, you know, Jesus will come back again. So you can preach that with full conviction, but like how that actually happens. um, I would never as of right now, because I don't know exactly where I stand on it, but like I would never preach uh, those opinions as truth. I would present it as uh, a story that we can learn from, or I would present it as these are a few different perspectives on this. And this is how we can live our life according to it. Right. And so I believe that's kind of similar to to how we can treat the race conversation or systemic racism or anything that we have in our lives. Like if we want people to learn the perspective of black people in our country, we should have the different perspectives. We should have people who have, you know, been marginalized by White people. We should have people that have been targeted by police. We should have people um, that are in poverty. We should have people that are in middle class that have raised from from poverty. We should have people that have been rich and that have maybe been born to a rich black family or have black people that have grown up in a white family that have been adopted. Like have people across the spectrum have, you know, liberals and conservatives and libertarians have the people in the different camps and different perspectives so that we can get a better perspective of what's going on right like have economists and politicians and you know authors writers uh, speakers uh all the all the uh the sciencey people like have people that have a different perspective come and teach from their perspective right and so that you get multiple people a lot a lot of conversation that i've heard and seen these days is just is choose usually from one perspective and they all agree on the narrative of systemic racism, at least from a church perspective. And it's being once again, preached as truth instead of uh, systemic racism. Like, why are we talking about it? What does it mean? Like, what are things that are, are debated? Like, do we have a, do we have systems that are in place that are causing, that are based in racism that are causing uh, inequality like do we have that and what are those what are those policies like how how does it compare from now um, from the 60s and from the 20s and from the 80s and 2000s like how how is the country moving and what are the implications of that so like what are the implications of redlining and is that completely described the housing crisis and the wealth gap today like there's a lot of studies and economists that say no it doesn't like you can't completely discount it but you can't say that it completely renders it as truth and so there's a lot to be discussed and i'd love to see the church actually come into this place where we can teach and preach uh, about complicated topics with conviction but as well as a level head and different perspectives on, on how we should see the world. Like, can we, can we teach people to think rather than what to believe? Can we say uh, systemic racism is an issue in our country? Here are three articles on what systemic racism is. This is from a, this is from a, Larry Elder, who's a conservative, uh, who does his own talk show, you know, watch his interview with Dave Rubin, who's a classical liberal, and watch them discuss it. Okay, and here's a book uh, called The New Jim Crow, and this talks about uh, policing and prison and how the prison system kind of came to be and how it impacts minorities more than it does white people. And then you know, here's a book called uh, I forgot what it's called. I think I tweeted on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> uh, "Locked In." "Locked In" is a book that kind of goes against uh, the mass against what the new Jim Crow talked about. And so, and then you know, say here's here's a talk with this church pastor. black and white church pastor and they're discussing systemic racism and what that means and what their lives are like and how it's different and how systemic racism plays into play. So like here are four different things, four different resources that come from four different perspectives that some of it contradicts one another, but some of it stands on the same thing. Like read these things and then come and tell me what you think. And then I'll give you four more things about the wealth gap. And I'll give you four more things about uh, jobs in America and crime in America. Like, like, that's the way people learn how to think and not not uh, just adopting what you believe. And that empowers people to actually make a change and to become responsible for what they believe and what they think instead of, once again, adopting what you believe. Yeah. So, theology and the race conversation—you can you can input any anything that's controversial in this in these topics, and then you can boil it down to like what what is truth? What is truth? And if you believe something is truth, you have the responsibility to take that and use it as God wants you to use it do you believe in Calvinism? Like, do you think that's complete truth? Like, are you completely sold on it being truth? Okay. Are you going to allow for other people to disagree with you and still have the right standing with you? Like, like, are they still going to be respectable in your eye? If what you believe is truth is not what they believe is truth, Right. And so what is the fine line in that? Like if, if, (laughs) if I, if I believe that Jesus is God, and I have a friend who doesn't, am I going to still love them? Of course I am. Do I believe that they're wrong? Of course I do. Is that fine? Of course it is. So how do you go on with other topics, like with Christians? Like, do you hold Christians to a higher standard in your life? Like, if this Christian stops believing that Jesus is God, like, like what, what do you do with that? Or If you believe that systemic racism is completely true in the way that you define it, okay, great. But let's discuss all these other things. And are you okay with me not completely agreeing with you on what we should do about it? Like, can we respect each other and see eye to eye? Like, what can we agree on? And what can we hold with open hands to be like, I don't exactly know know why this is a problem. So, whatever. Or... This is a problem. I'm not exactly sure how we got here, but this is a problem, and this is how I think we should handle it. And it's like, okay, that's a problem. I don't really care about it. Like You do what God has called you to do with it. There's a place that we can come to where we agree to disagree. There's also a place we can come to where we share with passion and conviction while still being respectable and honorable to other people And then there's another place where, (laughs) just like, you know, in the Christian world, I believe Jesus is God. And so I'm going to share that with people and I'm going to allow them to make their own decision about it. If I believe in systemic racism, which I do to a certain degree, depending on your definition and depending on your implications, um, we would have to have a conversation to figure out what exactly that means. But if I'm sharing with someone who doesn't believe that black people are are, uh, impacted by the policing in America more than white people, then I can show them the data. If I'm talking to someone who says that uh, the amount of police killings is as bad as it was in the sixties, like I can show them that data and be like, no, this is what the data says. And now you can make a decision on what you believe or not believe. It's up to you. And so I can I can share data. I can share information. I can preach with passion and conviction. But still leave it open enough for people to be powerful and to make their own decision. I'm not going to come at it being demoralizing. Being like, how can... Like, y'all are right on the edge of accepting this complete truth. And I'm going to do everything I can to push you to do it. No, I'm going to share with you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to give you data, I'm mean, gonna give you information. I'm going to do what I can to push you to truth. But ultimately it's you that have to accept it as truth or not truth. And accepting it as truth or not truth can be can you know, it doesn't necessarily have to, to be that. You don't have to say, you don't have to believe that. <laughs> I didn't say a stupid example there, but I'm going to pass that (laughs) and yeah, to say that like we don't have to agree on everything. We can come to agreement on many things I believe. And a lot of times our discussions are so filled with crap that we can't even talk to each other on what we agree with because of the terms that we disagree with. This is why I made two videos on basically the same thing and kind of, this is part three of that. So, you know find common ground with people and then discuss from there like what what you disagree with and how you see something as truth and they see something as truth and why and you I think we will realize more and more that we agree more with one another and the stuff that we don't agree on is so minor that it doesn't even impact our lives personally it just it's just something in our brains you know and so that's, that's kind of all of my thoughts. Yeah, so to, to, to finish this up, um, preach stuff with passion and conviction, share with passion and conviction, love with passion and conviction, but also respect people to their opinions, respect people to, to think, respect people to believe what they want to believe and pray for people. Like if you believe something is absolute truth, like the Holy spirit will reveal it to them. And that is called trust and that is called faith. And so as Christians we're we're called to allow people to have different opinions. We're called to disagree with one another. Um, the only thing actually that we are called to do in this life is to love God and to love others. That's it. And so that's our calling. So let's take that into everything that we do on social media, into conversations about uh, theology and conversations about race and history and anything else you can think of because that's who we are. That's what we do. And so, yeah, I think the, uh, my room got a little bit darker because the sun's going down. Uh, (laughs) but anyways, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And... You know, shoot me a message. Let me know what you think. Comment. Subscribe. Uh, you can watch watch this on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, hi. If you're listening to this, you can watch it on YouTube. If you're watching, listen to it on SoundCloud or Spotify or Apple Music or Apple Podcasts. I think those are going to be up soon. So, anyways, thank you for listening. Y'all are awesome. Have an amazing day thank you for listening to the more better show with me your host chris hume we will continue to explore topics like culture politics the indwelling of love and the power that comes from your beliefs the more isn't what you do but who you are you have more than you think you are better than you believe we are the redeemers and reconcilers to a world that is becoming more better Thank you again for listening and share it with someone you know who could benefit from this episode or any other episode you listen to. Until next time, you're great. Go conquer the day. See you out there.